Welcome to episode 81 of Drew's Sports Crew here on this Monday morning. Myself, Drew Skyberg here, bringing you all the news, of course, in the high school realm and then on also the Milwaukee Brewers and the Green Bay Packers. And I'm looking forward to this one here. Yeah, episode 81 again is the name. Or is the episode number, I should say. But I got some exciting announcements here before we start on the podcast. The big one here that I was actually working on before I went live here, it looks like tonight when I'm live for Drew's Baseball Crew, we will be also live on Twitch and Facebook on our Facebook page at Drew's Drew Sports Crew, or it's really Drew's Sports Crew on there. So you can go check us out on all the platforms now. If we're going to be live ideally on three platforms Again, I have to work through the logistics of it, but I think I, I think it'll work out just fine. Again, Facebook pages and Twitch being the other two. You're watching here live on YouTube. Welcome. It's always great to have you on here. But also, let's go through kind of the other announcements. Hats, of course, if you're interested, at Drew Sports Crew on Instagram and Twitter, Drew Sports Crew on YouTube or Facebook. You can always contact us any of those ways. We'll make sure to get you a hat. And then otherwise, live stream days again tonight. Drew's baseball crew will be live, you know, bringing you your winning lineup on Fantasia Sports. As always, not many of those days left. Soon we're going to switch over to Drew's basketball crew here. A lot of fun stuff planned with that. Journey to a million. Sounds like it's going to be that usual Wednesday night time here. It'll be that week two recap. And then also a really week three recap, I should say. I don't know why I mix up the weeks for football, but yeah, week three recap, week four preview. Uh, It's the fantasy teams draft, fantasy picks draft, recap that, talk about parlays, all that good stuff, takeaways, everything will be on that episode. So if you like football, I mean, go check out Journey to a Million on Wednesday night when it'll be live. It'll be posted on social media as well. Only three episodes this week. Next week, we have four episodes. We will be going back to College Athlete Spotlight, and that will be that, so... Let's get started here now, and we're going right away to high school. That's kind of how we operate here. Week six of the high school football season has come and gone in the Eastern Wisconsin Conference, and there's a lot of stuff that took place. Let's go through it all. It was a wild week, and we'll start, you know, talking about, I mentioned Chilton and Keel. I mentioned Hulsey and Brilliant as your two games probably of the week, and yeah, those two ended up being the closest. Chilton and Keel was... Um, a wider margin than I thought it would be, but we're going to start. We'll start with Chilton at Keel. So what happened in that game? 42-21 was the final. The Chilton Tigers win by three scores. Yeah, I was. that was something. The halftime score is what shocked me. I thought Keel put up a little fight here, and it was a 28-0 score at half. So how'd that happen? In the first quarter, Max Miller, Zach Hallbach, a 40-yard touchdown pass for or Miller to Hallbach there. And then they had Max Miller had himself a game, basically. Look, I'll go through the, the stats. So we know Chilton. They like to run the ball. Max Miller threw the ball three times on Friday, and that is all he needed, and he got a touchdown pass out of it as well. The main story was on the running game. So that was with Hallbach, Miller, and Gell. Those three combined for an insane amount of yards here. 243 yards, I should say. Five for 51 was Zach Hallbach. Max Miller, again, the quarterback, 18 of for 141. Three rushing touchdowns for him. 
Aaron Meyer, two for 23 with a rushing touchdown. Jared Gell, 14 for 51. And yeah, that was the rushing attack for them. Zach Halbeck again had that one, that 40 yard reception, a receiving touchdown for him. Down the defensive end, they picked off quarterback counter Faust of Keel three times there, and three different people got those interceptions, is what I am seeing. Dalton Tash, Zach Halbach, Warren Wilcox, those three all got interceptions. A forced fumble then for Logan C for Chilton. So a lot of turnovers there that Keel had. So the the Keel offense was the counter Faust offense, I should say. 13 of 103 was Faust with a rushing touchdown. 8 for 15, two touchdowns again, three interceptions for Faust. On the receiving end, it was Harrison Zorn, 4 for 45. Brain April, 1 for 28. Grant Munns, 2 for 35, two receiving touchdowns for Munns. And, yeah, that was really the story in this game, though. But 28 nothing at half. And then what happened was Keel put on two touchdowns to the third. They won the second half, but again, when you give up 28 points in the first half, you're not going to win the game. So that was the final there from Keel, 42-21 again. And yeah, the Chilton Tigers moved to 4 and 0 in conference, 4 and 2 overall. Keel falls to 2 and 2 in conference, 2 and 4 overall. Let's go to our next game here. Let's go to homecoming and brilliant. That's what it was there on Friday week 6. Again, was homecoming for the Lions. They had to get a win over New Holstein, and that's what they did. It was quite the game there in, in Brilliant. 6 nothing was the final. Yes, we got our first touchdown in the fourth fourth quarter. So that's kind of how this game went through. No stats for Brilliant, unfortunately. I can tell you it was a one-yard touchdown there for Jaden Bastion, a rushing touchdown for him. And that was the lone score of the game again in the fourth quarter with a 10-04 on the clock. That's what happened. For New Holstein, though, they did exactly what we thought they would do, right? They they ran the ball. I mean, they passed the ball literally six times, 0 for 6, one interception. They will run the ball. They ran it 38 times, and that's all. That's literally what they did. No receiving stats because, again, nobody caught a ball. And it was, yeah, I mean, it was that rushing attack. It was Bryce Handel. It was Luke Graff, Mason Buton, Cole Schaefer, Matt Steer. And they, they had some success. Uh, Bryce Handel. Uh, was 10 for 62, and so 6.2 yards in attempt. Mason Buton, 5 for 22, 4.4 yards in attempt there. So, yeah, that was kind of the story for them. We can't really see brilliant stats. I don't know who had the interception, unfortunately. Hayden Lish had the interception, though, for New Holstein, the Huskies, to get an interception. But it was a defensive battle there in brilliant, and it was quite the game. You love defense. That would have been a great game to be at. 6 nothing again. Final. Brilliant. Gets the job done. Not a lot of stats again. Two and two brilliant goes now in conference. Two and four overall. New Holstein falls to one and three in conference. Two and four overall. Let's go to our next game here. We are going to go to Valders where the Roncalli Jets came into town. And usually they call it a rivalry game, Roncalli and Valders, the two squads. These last few years, it's been blowouts. And that's what we had this year again. It was a close game, though, in the first half. We'll talk about it here right now. So, Valders 47, Roncalli 19 was the final. But you might be like, I just said it was a close game. It was. 20-13 to 13 was the halftime score there. So, how it went through. A lot of scores in the first quarter. It was Schneider to Sparks, a 45-yard gain there on a pass. And then 
Elias Sparks a 25-yard rushing touchdown, and then I see Elias Sparks had a passing touchdown. I'm not sure. That's what it, it says right now. I don't see in the stats, so I'm wondering. It was Sparks to Hovey for a 21-yard touchdown. So they were up 20 nothing in the first. You were like, all right, Valors, they're cruising. Then Ron Colley with two unanswered touchdowns. They were passing touchdowns. Landon Halupni to Stockton, and then Landon Halupni to Wettenkamp for two touchdowns there, and so it was 20-13 at half. But then it was all Valders in the third quarter. They throw, they put up two, or what is this? Four unanswered touchdowns, three touchdowns in the third itself, and that that's all that got that got the job done. 40-13 and to three. 47-19 was the final round. Kyle got a touchdown at the end of the game there. So let's go through the stats here. Not exactly. There must have been a typo here in stats on Wisports as it says Trey Schneider had 11 completions out of eight attempts. Again, we know that's not possible, but we're going to say yeah, Trey Schneider had two passing touchdowns. No, no picks. A great game there for Schneider. Plus on the ground. I mean, he had himself a day 16 for 118, 7.4 yards in attempt there for him. Then William Sarecki had a 30-yard rush. Elias Sparks, 5 for 38 with two rushing touchdowns, and I should add Sarecki's was a touchdown as well. Elias Sparks, 5 for 66 with a touchdown. Cole Hovey, 1 for 21 with a touchdown. So good stats there for the Vikings on the passing and rushing side. For the Ron Colley Jets, I said Braden Reimer was going to, I said they were going to use him a lot in this game. They actually, I mean, 19 of 55, 2.9 yards in attempt. Valders was able to hold Reimer in check. They probably did the best job against Reiner stats wise. I mean, looking at how he performed the whole year so far. You got so you got to credit Valders' run defense there, putting up a game. But then the receiving end, I mean, Ron Kelly has not had this much success passing the ball at all this year, it seems. They had three passing touchdowns, winning camp again. Jensen Weinkamp, two for 32 with that touchdown. Owen Stockton, three for 69 with a touchdown. And then Dominic Forenza was the other one, one for 15 with a touchdown. So that is something to keep in mind as well. Owen Stockton also with a forced fumble in this game. So keep that in mind. And there's also one sack for Dylan Satasia there for Ron Colley. Two sacks there for the Vikings. Trey Schneider with a sack, the quarterback, getting the job done. Matthew Welch with the other so going through the standings wise, Valders they get their first conference win of the year. They moved to two and four overall. Ron Cali uh, falls to zero and four, one and five overall there. So that's for Ron Cali Jets. We got one more game we got to talk about the Two Rivers Raiders. What did they do? You you guessed it. They almost got another shutout this this time, but they did not. Fifty six to eight was the final there. Four to the Raiders, two rivers getting the job done. They were up 42 nothing at half was the score. And then they were up 49 nothing, 56 nothing. And then KLC gets on the board in the fourth quarter. Let's go through how this happened. Look, Justin Klinkner was Mr. Efficient yet again. I mean, I talked about this. He'll pass maybe even 15 to 20 times, but he's going to complete 75% of his passes or more. And that's exactly what happened in this game. 15 of 18, four passing touchdowns there for Klinkner. Had himself a day again. But on the rushing end, I mean, not really, not much their efficiency. I mean, they were they were held in check, I'll say. Chase Mathias, 7 for 25 only with two rushing touchdowns. Klinkner, 5 for 14 with a touchdown. You know, so some good numbers there, but they, 
they were so efficient passing the ball. I mean, they didn't really get to run as many plays as you would think is kind of how I word it, which is insane to see. But this receiving tech, this is what makes Two Rivers great. I mean, not just good. This is what makes them great. This is what makes them historically good. It's how balanced they can be receiving on, on the receiving side. This balance, you know, being able to incorporate, what is this, nine guys, ten guys in, into it? I'll go through them here. Brady Richards, receiving touchdown for him. Oren Gallagher, two for 16. DeAndre McPherson, one for 22. Austin Phillips, one for 45. Max Mathias, two for 24. Chase Mathias, one for 52 with a, a touchdown there. Elijah Mott, one for 28. Xander Pop, five for 26. That balance there, you know, even at any level, to have this kind of distribution for a target share, for receptions, this is... This is winning football, and that's that's great to see there for the Raiders. On the defensive side, then, for them, they also had three interceptions they got and a forced fumble, so credit that Two Rivers defense as well. Let's go to KLC, their stats. Max Breenbach, 18 of 30, one touchdown, four interceptions for Breenbach. And then for the rushing side, they didn't run the ball a lot here. No one built the walk, nine for 21 for him. Jalen Paul, three for 23 with that receiving touchdown. Noah Heinen, six for 54. He was, I don't want to say held in check because he still had a pretty good game, but you know, Heinen's been that the story for the KLC Blue Bombers so far this year. Sam Sawaki also two for 44. I'll add Jake Thomas in there, seven for 31 there on the receiving side. So again, two rivers, they are undefeated, 4-0, 6-0 overall. KLC falls to two and two. Conference two and four overall. Let's go through the stats report. Let's go through a standings report and let's do a preview for next week here. And then we'll move on here to baseball and then football. So let's go through the stats here. Passing yards, you guessed it, Justin Klinkner leading the way 1,427 yards for Klinkner. The next closest is Trace Jire of Alders, 604 passing yards. He is he's far behind, but he is number two there in conference. Mac- Miller then at three with 600 passing yards. The rushing yard leaders, Braden Reimer, still leading the way, trying to get that rushing yard title. 881 there for him. Chase Mathias, though, 655. Then Jared Gallup, 598. For receiving yards, Noah Heinen of KLC, 416. Elijah Mott, 351. Cole Hovey, 351. So I think that receiving yard one is going to come down to be the closest. If you're wondering, I think Klinkner runs away with the pass. It's rushing yards. It could be, it could be close, but you know, Matthias isn't getting that volume. I mean, they're passing, they're being so efficient passing the ball. I wonder if Matthias will get it. And plus, Ron Kelly loves to use Reimer. Why not? Right. So that is kind of where I think with that. Let's go to the standings report. Two four and teams atop the EWC, the Chilton Tigers, two Rivers Raiders. So TR really, you know, six and zero overall, four and zero conference, four and zero for Chilton, four and two. Overall, and then Keel, Brilliant, KLC, three two and two teams. So Keel, they beat Brilliant, so I'll put them ahead there. They're two and two in conference, two and four overall. Brilliant, then two and two in conference, two and four overall. And then KLC, two and two in conference, two and four, four overall for those squads. New Holstein and Valders, then both one and three. Again, we'll put New Holstein ahead because again they beat they beat Valders one and three in conference. Two and four overall, one and three for Valders. Two and four overall as well. Ron Colley then zero and four in conference, one and five overall. There are your stats. All right, so 
let's then go to next week's games. We'll talk about the game of the week. We'll talk through all of that here. So, right now, it's Brilliant and Chilton squaring off. Keel heads to Kohler to face KLC. Roncalli, New Holstein, Two Rivers, and Valders. So, a tough game there for Valders, right, against that Two Rivers squad, who has done a lot there. Roncalli, New Holstein, we'll see how that game goes. Looks to be a favor New Holstein then that game. Keel and KLC, and then Brilliant and Chilton, if I'm picking a game of the week, this one's tough, right? You wonder how, so, I mean, Chilton takes care of Keel. Keel beats Brilliant. Again, you can't look into that too much here in football, but you can say, I mean, you can, but it's it's hard to just solely rely on that, you know? Keel and KLC, that should be something. Um, you gotta, you gotta like Keel in that game, but that probably is the game of the week here. Keel traveling to Kohler. Uh, we, it's interesting to see how Keel will play after you know, losing that. I'd probably go with them, and then I'd take Brilliant and Chilton as my second game. Roncalli and Newholsti as my third, and then Valders and TR as my fourth game is where I'd go. But, yeah, I'm intrigued to see how Keel and KLC, that game goes. And then, yeah, Brilliant and Chilton, see how Brilliant answers with that against Chilton, who is you know, right now cruising, I should say 4-0 for Chilton, right? I mean, see if they can continue their undefeated. Because if they continue it, I mean, all signs then point to when we see Two Rivers and Chilton square off. And we don't get that until October 14th. So that could be basically the conference decider. So that could be, you know, when we when Two Rivers and Chilton, everyone's going to have to get to Chilton because that game is at Chilton, yes, is in the bowl. So yeah, that is where you got to be for that game. Again, I'm looking a little ahead right now, but just wanted to keep that in mind. That's all we have here for football. Again, special thanks to Wisports.net. They are in the description below, so go check them out for all of your EWC scoring needs, all your stats and stuff. Again, that's WSN, Wisports.net. So thank you, Wisports, again, for all of your help. Let's go now to the world of baseball, the Milwaukee Brewers. Yes, they put together a good week. You know, I, I said five and two, they go four and three. That's nice. Um that Mets series did not go how I wanted to, obviously. You were like, all right, well, they're crew they're winning a bullpen game right now. They're up like, what was it five to one, five nothing, or four to one, four nothing, something like that. They end up losing seven to five off a Lindor Grand Slam. They lose seven to two also on Monday night. They went six nothing though on Wednesday with Hauser pitching. I know I was pretty shocked, but then you go to Cincinnati for a four game set. You take three of four, you lose a frustrating game on Sunday. That's kind of where it was. It was like, all right, well, you you go over 500 for the week, but that's at this point, that's not good enough, just going over 500 with the spot they're in. They're six and a half back in the division. Again, we're kind of ruling the division out, basically, the in that two-game set. The Cardinals could clinch the division in Milwaukee on Wednesday is something that could happen. I know I'm nervous too, but we're really looking in the wild card going to the standings report here. So you're one and a half back of Philadelphia. They have the tiebreaker. So, you know, it's really two and a half, really two and a half, make it three, you know, depends on how they do. But if it ends up being only one game, then it's really two, two games. It's really three. Just think of it as an extra game on top of that. Just add one. That's where you get where the Brewers are against the Philly. So a little frustrating there for that, but let's go now. Let's kind of look at the, this week. I'll give my record prediction, all that good stuff, right? 
so they're currently off today is where we're at on Monday, the, the 26th. On Tuesday and Wednesday, the 27th, 28th, a two-game set against the St. Louis Cardinals at home. All six games at home this week, keep in mind. Four-game series against the Marlins. That could be a gift. If the Marlins, they're at the point right now, they're not making the playoffs. Manley, their manager, stepping down at the end of the year. They might be just throwing out guys for next year. And if that happens, if I hopefully they're not going to want to play a spoiler with us. I should keep in mind, I mean, the season ends next Wednesday already. So, like, the Brewers have home games the rest of the way out. I mean, this is – we're there. I mean, we are in the finals. This is the sprint right now. We are at the last lap of it. So, I just want to say, you know, this is the big games for the Mookie Brewers. They have to get the job done here. Hopefully, they do so. Again, I mentioned the records. It's no small task. It's going to be either two or three games you got to make up in that short amount of time. So, that's – yeah, I mean, that's nine games. You have to make up three, possibly three. I mean, that is – it's looking tough, I'll say. But enough about that. My record prediction, if you're wondering, it's four and two. I mean, you got to get the job done. So four and two is the worst you can do. Six and oh, obviously being the best. So that's where I would go with that. And I mean, my takeaways um, win, win games. Uh, Hauser's going to be pitching Tuesday. I, I hope that means, I, I don't know what that means. I, I mean, I hope, hope he pitches well, is what I'm going to say. Woodruff goes Wednesday in a big game, so happy to see that. You might have to start Woodruff on short rest on Saturday or on Sunday or, you know, get him in there. Might have to, like, like these regular season games need to be treated in the last few days, like, like almost postseason games. Like, you have to win these games. So that is my take on it. I know you can't do that for nine games in a row, but we need we need all the help we can get right now as Brewer fans. We need the Phillies. We need the Padres to go on a losing streak. It needs to happen now. Is what I'll say. That will wrap it up for the baseball side here. Let's go to the Packers. Let's talk about what Green Bay did yesterday on the game of the week, 325. Again, they survive against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That game got close, and that game got frustrating. In the second half, Packers score how many points in the second half? None, and they still win. But let's kind of go through the, the total team stats, again, using ESPN for this. Um, total yards, Green Bay wins that battle, 315 to 285. Turnover battle was tied 2-2 two to two there. Time of possession, Green Bay wins. So you'd be like, okay, they went up by seven minutes. They had more yards, same amount of turnovers. They had to have won this game. They did, but Tampa Bay had five more firsts. So that was something to keep in mind. Game was a sellout, of course, there at the game of the week. Possibly the last matchup between Brady and Rodgers. Let's go to the box box score, and then we'll go through that, that recap here. So, actually, we'll start. Yeah, we'll, we'll go through the box score here. Aaron Rodgers, 27 to 35, two passing touchdowns there for him. Um, good, good game for Rodgers. Interception there thrown in as well. Um, he. Had a lot of time, though. I was pleased with the, the time he had. He only took one stack. Uh, the offensive line had themselves a pretty good day on the passing side. Rushing, as many predicted, it was going to be a disaster for both teams. And it was. Leonard Fournette, 12 for 35. They're averaging 2.9, 2.9 yards an attempt. Jones, 12 for 36, three yards an attempt for him. Dylan, 12 for 32, 2.7 an attempt for him. Then the receiving side, I was like, who are they going to throw to? Romeo Dobbs, eight receptions, eight targets, eight for eight there for him, 73 yards, one touchdown for him. 
Randall Cobb had himself a day two for 57 with that 40-yard long bomb from Rodgers. Four for 45 was Lazard with a touchdown. Robert Tunyon, six for 37 there. He had seven targets. Tyler Davis, two for 26. Aaron Jones, three for 11. H.A. Dillon, two for six. And then Jawan Winfrey was targeted twice in the game as well. Want to add that in. Going to Tampa Bay side, it was on the receiving side. Russell Gage had himself a day. 13 targets for Gage, 12 for 87 with the touchdown for him. Cameron Brait, 5 for 52. There He caught five of his six targets. Prashad Perryman, 3 for 44. Leonard Fournette, 5 for 35. And then that was, you know, Jalen Darden got in there, 1 for 25. Kyle Rudolph, 1 for 12. Cole Beasley, 3 for 12. And Scotty Miller, 1 for 4. So that was kind of the day there. It was a hot day again in Tampa. But I wanted some takeaways I had was we saw Rodgers run that RPO uh, with he ran it. He ran it twice. I mean, that was both the receiving touchdowns. It was with, of course, Romeo Dobbs, and then it was with Alan Lazard, and um, that was a play we see with Devontae Adams. So it was like, all right, you just take Adams out, you put Dobbs and Lazard in there, and they both ran it. They both ran it to perfection. Of course, Rogers made the right read there on that play. It looks like it's an RPO, but maybe. I mean, I've only seen the pass out of it, so maybe, maybe it's literally only a pass. But you could certainly run out of that formation as well. That was something to, to notice. Both those touchdowns again, the first and second quarter. Other notice, I mean, you, everyone, you've heard about the clock at the end, clock management, right? Tampa struggles there, uh, gets a delay a game for the two point conversion to tie. That just can't happen. But again, did not happen to the Packers. And the Packers get the job done again without Jair Alexander for a little bit in that game. Uh, Got to highlight Devondre Campbell, how he played defensively in pass coverage, I think was the story. I mean, you, you saw him play play the run game very well, but the story of, is him in pass coverage. looked awesome. He looked great. Gary in rushing, pass rushing looked great as well. Those are my main two takeaways. Obviously, you know, Sean Nixon stepped up with Jair Alexander going down. That was something to add as well, but. You know, it was a good game there for Green Bay getting the job done in Tampa Bay. I mean, that was that was what you asked for. Let's go to the play-by-play now. So the scoring plays, it was Ryan Sokup got the game started at 45-yard field goal. Romeo Dobbs then had that touchdown from Rodgers. 7-3 was the score, end of one. Alan Lazard with a passing touch, or yeah, passing touchdown, receiving touchdown. 14-3 was the score then at half. Tampa Bay then gets another field goal from Ryan Sokup. Another 45-yard field goal, it says. That's what it was. Russell Cage then gets that gets that one-yard touchdown pass, and then the two-point conversion pass then was failed, as we saw in that game. But, yeah, I mean, that was the game for the Packers. They moved to 2-1 and one there. And in the division-wise, I mean, they are tied for first right now in the NFC North, if you're looking at it like that. And you'll take that. So still early in the year. You know, Bears are 2-1 and one even, so. Just keep that in mind. Next week, they are against the Patriots. They're on CBS, 325. I don't know what I think about those 325 games, but I do want to point out that London game, or the game in Europe, is coming up early, like really early. It is already October 9th at 8.30 a.m. It is in London. Just wanted to correct me, verify. Uh, but, yeah, it is. Already coming up, Packers are given an 87% chance to win, but it just sucks losing a home game again in Lambeau for that. But 
they go. I don't want to say the schedule gets easier, but Giants and Jets back to back weeks. I mean, that's that's a nice schedule. You have to admit. But at the end of the year, listen to this. You have you have um, it goes like this. Where is it? Rams and Dolphins, Vikings, all three back to back to back. So that might not be too nice. Of course, the Lions than last week of the year, which will be nice. Might be at that game. Keep that in mind. It might it's at Lambeau. So. Just looking through the schedule, obviously, yeah. So it goes Giants, Jets, Commanders, that three-week stretch after the Patriots game. Not sure how the Patriots game will go. I think the Packers got, get the job done, but that Bills game, I am not looking forward to on Sunday night. Um, that, that's going to be a tough one. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not looking forward to you know, the opponent, if you get what I mean. It's going to be a big game, so that'll be something. That's kind of all I had here for football, and that's all I had here for the episode. So, I'll be back here around, you know, we're approaching the 30-minute mark tonight. Again, it'll be Drew's Baseball Crew. Again, we're going to build your Fantasia lineup. Hopefully, we'll be on Facebook and Twitch as well. Want to get that all set up. Love to be on more platforms than just YouTube. Again, this will be on Anchor, you know, through Anchor. It'll be on all of the listening platforms here on the podcast as well. So, again, I went through all the announcements early. Not going to go through them again, but want to thank you all for listening. And I hope to see you tonight. So, Thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Drew's Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you.